This show was first broadcast on Free FM, Hamilton, New Zealand's community access media organisation. For more information on our lineup of shows and the role we play in the media, visit freefm.org.nz. Really happy to be welcoming uh, our next guest who has been re-elected as Mayor of Hamilton City and it's Paula Southgate. Good morning. Good morning. Thank you very much for tuning in. I am very pleased to be speaking to you, <laughs> you've got to say. <laughs> I can't say anything uh, before an election, but I'm very happy that we've got you again uh, in the role. Um, and the new council uh, was sworn in last week, the majority of whom are women, which is exciting, and includes two Māori ward councillors, exciting again. Um, could you give us a... And I know that from the election day um, until the swearing-in day, you did a little bit of work on the committee structure uh, and chair and deputy roles. Could you talk us through that a little bit and the changes that have been made? Yes, thank you for that. I, um, first of all, look, it's, it's delighted to, I'm delighted to be back and I want to just thank all of those people who supported me with either a vote or, you know, some other means, putting a sign-up, um, delivering pamphlets. You know, you can't get through a big election campaign on your own. So having said that, delighted to be part of a council that's kind of bucking the trend around the country in terms of women and, um, and of course, returned mayors because a lot of mayors did not get returned. So I'm grateful. The committee structure is um, something that we've been talking about for some while because, of course, you always have to reflect on what you did last time and how effective it was. So I've been working with the staff, the chief executive's office also, and the senior managers, and just determining how they can give the best service to council too. So we've streamlined the committees a bit. So for a start, I appointed um, Andrew O'Leary as deputy mayor. Obviously, she's one of the councillors with the longest experience and she's uh, chaired a number of portfolios um, so I think she's an excellent choice and I totally trust her and look forward to working with her over the next three years. But I did feel that the office needed uh, more than one person to lean on. We're just getting so busy um, if you compare us to other metros like Wellington and Auckland we've still got a huge workload um, but we're relying on a couple of people so I created another role in a key key portfolio for Ryan Hamilton so that we're kind of a bit more like a three-legged stool. So you've got Angela's deputy and Ryan as a senior leader in the team, uh, meaning I can rely on the two of them to help spread the workload across the community and get out and about more. So that's really exciting. That Angela holds infrastructure because, you know, even though last time when I gave it to her, she was like, oh. It's like the booby prize. Yes, (laughs) infrastructure. And I said to her at the time, but it's the biggest and most important committee of council. You know, it's got the biggest budget and all of the things that really fundamentally underpin the city. So anyway, she loved it. She wanted to retain it. That was really good. And the other portfolio to Ryan is strategic growth because I want both of them to work better together. And that came from staff, how we can integrate the growth and the infrastructure Mm. more seamlessly. Um, And so I think um, Ryan and um, Angela will will do that really well. So then we have the other committees. Um, Not a lot of change in there, but you would see that community and environment have come together. Um, That doesn't mean we think the job is smaller. Yeah, can you talk Uh, through that? Because um, when I saw that, I thought, oh, that doesn't look right to me. Um, It's, Mm -hmm. you know, it's two really important uh, committees in themselves. And so how do you get the best, I guess, the most out of them when you're combining the two? Good. Um, it basically is because 
uh, environment was never a monthly committee anyway. It was, you know, two monthly or whatever it was required. Yeah. And it was there for the purpose to um, drive the climate action plan and sustainability. Some of the sustainability actions have now been identified as closely linked to things like sustainable growth, sustainable infrastructure. So there are some, um, what would you call it, implementation matters that now will sit with those other committees instead of the um, environment committee that was. Uh, we will be having a think tank, a work, an advisory group, if you like, around climate specifically, who will oversee and make sure that the Climate Action Plan is being implemented. Uh, that's not in place yet, but I've been talking to people uh, like Sarah and Louise and Angela about who who might be the best people to drive that forward. Um, so that's not in place yet. You don't see that yet. But I can absolutely assure listeners that climate will be given its true focus. Um, so that was really why those got merged. And likewise with the community, there are some conversations having actually with Kish today around, um, you know, again, advisory groups. I want to give um, some of the other councillors the opportunity to participate in the thinking. And I don't think we necessarily need huge um, committees to achieve that. We need uh, brains around the table, if you know what I mean. Mm. So you will be seeing something a little bit different this term. You will be seeing, I sort of call them think tanks, if you like, advisory groups that will be set up, say, for three months or six months, depending on the task, to really lean in and get across the detail of projects. Um, you're not seeing all the detail of that yet. It makes a lot of sense um, by the sounds of that. And um, I was reading through or flicking through the Quality of Life report, which was released last week, and I think it's released every two years. And one of the things I picked up there... Uh, 33% have confidence in council decision-making and 36% believe they can influence council decision-making. Um, so uh, I guess there it made me think about that really low voter turnout. Um, yeah. And I guess the advisory ways and the way that you've explained it, uh, I mean, is that going to improve how the community can have their say and feed into that? Look, I very much hope so, because those groups will go out and get the results they need to deliver the work, to deliver the thinking um, and the guidance to the committees. Uh, and so they should involve a lot more external people, because it's it's for purpose and for a time, rather than just having a committee that runs the whole length yeah. of the three years, you know. Uh, also, of course, you will remember the resolution that went through to trial two community committees, um, Angela, Ryan and I will start a conversation about that on uh, Thursday this week and then we'll be bringing that to the wider council to to make sure that we're delivering what they thought should be delivered. Um, and, you know, look, there again, uh, I probably won't have that in place by, Christ by Christmas because I want to get it right rather than rushed. So it's setting up the foundation for a really successful community committee. So... Um, yeah, and even then, my personal view on the community committees is that they should rely on the expertise that's out there in the white community. If you're talking about youth, for, for example, then obviously you're talking about things like um, uh, Seed, H-Town, all of those kind of things who are already doing really excellent work in that space. So, um, you know, if you're talking about uh, age-friendly committee, of course you've got to work with that, mm -hmm. that that group of people who know what they're talking about. So, so it's around that kind of approach. Um, we're just nothing out of the finer details, but that's the intent of it all.
Okay, sounds good. Um, what do you see as some of the bigger challenges that you'll face? And I know that three years ago when we were speaking, and we there's no way we could foresee COVID. <laughs> but apart from the really, really unexpected, what do you see as some of the bigger challenges you'll need to work through and um, share your leadership with? Oh, look, that's an easy question for me to answer, Kelly, because without doubt, well, probably two things in the equal infrastructure, the provision of infrastructure going forward is a massive issue for all of local government, all councils, but especially the fast-growing councils like ours in the older cities. Two things, we're sitting on old water infrastructure in large parts of the city that's got to be pulled through, you know, those year 30 millimeter clay pipes, and we've got to go for the much bigger, they're not plastic, that's not the right word for them, but the the big hard plastic pipes that we get that will allow for... um, 50 and 100 year resilience, that kind of thing. So uh, infrastructure is a big deal. Um, with New Zealand looking at facing down the barrel over the next 30 years of $80 billion, $80 billion together, you can imagine what we need to get done. The second thing of equal importance is reform, because I said before the election, the reform was coming at us at the faster pace than I've ever be seen before. And I've been in um, politics now for 21 years. And... Um, so that doesn't look like it's going to change. We are going to get the second reading of the water bill, which we, of course, oppose as a council. So we will be hoping to see some of the changes that we ask for uh, reflected in that. Who knows what the next steps will be, but we do need to bring the, the community on that journey with us. Um, but that's not the end of reform. There's the Resource Management Act reform. There's local government reform itself. And in between, the government turns out um, uh, changes to other legislation that probably don't reach the attention of the public. Last year, for example, there was a review of the Civil Defence and Emergency Act. So those kind of things just keep coming. So the only constant, really, of this next three years is change. Mm. Mm, it is. Although the, maybe they'll be a little bit quiet next year because it's their election year and it'll be a, <laughs> be a big, interesting one. So maybe it'll make yeah, it easier for yeah. councils. <laughs> Who knows? Um, well, you know, you make a good point there, Kelly, because every uh, three years, just the same as local government elections. So there are national government, um, central government elections. And that does change the way that local government works, especially if you get a change of government. Now, I've worked through two Labour, two... Oh, two national, two Labour and a coalition government in my time. But who, what's next? We just don't know what the makeup will be and what influence that will have on change, reform, legislation, taxation, all of those issues. Mm. I'm just going back, uh, just finally, uh, on to the quality of life report. And uh, the way that I read it, it looks like more of us are feeling that there's more crime and that we're feeling less safe as a result of that. Mm. And uh, just in the RNZ news before we welcomed you onto the show, um, you know, they were talking about uh, perhaps giving police additional powers. Um, where are you sitting on the issues? And I guess particularly we're looking at ram raids because they are in our face um, so, so where, where's the council's role in this and I mean I know there are limitations but where are you currently sitting on this well we do believe that as a council we should play our part in um, preventing crime in our community the trouble is we just can't do it alone we know we rely on other parts of the community so I am working in a partnership with the police a governance partnership with police it's been going for about a year and a half or so um, in maybe two years, but that was influenced by COVID as well because, you know, police had to do roadblocks and other things instead. 
um, we are working with them to figure out how we can play a positive part and how we can help them reach out to the community so they can play a positive part. Uh, in terms of the ram raids and the other matters, I have been talking with Minister Hipkins on a number of occasions recently and written. One, you know, we wonder where is our share of that um, $6 million ram raid money? What is he going to do with the increased budget for crime prevention in Hamilton? What's going to do in Hamilton for us? And, um, and how can we support that work? So we've offered him a dollar-for-dollar dollar investment into crime prevention in our city so we can roll out the things we know do work, fog cannons, um, uh, what else, bollards. Bollards or I prefer to think of um, protected uh, architecture, if you like. You, know, you can have seats and cycle mm. racks and waste paper bins that are beautiful as well as providing the function of protecting the front of the shop. There's a whole bunch of things to do. And we're focused on a campaign that I'll be talking with the Inspector of Police today about um, to do with burglaries coming up to Christmas, how people can, in fact, keep their stuff safe and prevent their Christmas presents from becoming someone else's Christmas presents. So, um, you know, there's a few things like that where we, we are working with them. And can you assure the community as well that it's not just about um, like putting things like bollards in place and that actually we're looking at investing in our people as well because we know that's where we can make a, a real difference earlier on? Absolutely, you're right. Um, for a start, in terms of prevention measures, whether they be bollards or something else, it is a case of the right thing in the right place. So I was quite pleased, for example, to um, get four new um, crime prevention cameras into the Dinsdale area. I think one has already been installed by the garage there and others are roundabout um, on, on their way. But that's not the right thing everywhere because um, cameras don't, all bollards don't necessarily prevent crime. Bollards would not have prevented crime in the um, base. It had nothing to do with that. Um, so it is about the right thing in the right place. Oh, I'm sorry, I was, I was actually thinking more of investing in people. Uh, so yes, we have things like yes. less poverty uh, for starters oh, yes, and people have access that. to the food and need and um, youth have places to go with things to do. Yeah, absolutely. So I was going to say all the physical measures are just one little part. Unless we can reach down and assist families, we're still going to have this high level of youth crime. Um, there are some youth already in the system that keep repeating the crime. But there are also some young people being drawn into crime. Uh, there's the lowest rates of school attendance in a very long time. Now, we've got to get children back into school. We've got to get them fed. We've got to get them learning. And we've got to get them supported in the home environment. Uh, we also know, for example, that getting involved in sport or activity of some sort and being connected to your community makes you far less likely to be involved in crime. And, um, you know, so we do need to work with the social services uh, I am setting up a digital platform for some leaders from the community sector, uh, social sector, to talk with us about these matters. Um, that should be in place before Christmas. Okay. Awesome. I look forward to uh, hearing more um, about that and seeing uh, the other changes that you're making to the structure, in particularly ways that the public can feed into some of the decisions uh, that are being made by the council. But again, just want to congratulate you on the re-election uh, and we'll look forward to speaking to you in a month, which will be nearly pretty much Christmas. Sorry I know. to say. <laughs>
saying that. It's rushing up, isn't it? It's very scary. So again, thank you for your time this morning. Thanks, Kelly. Thank you, everyone. Bye. Hamilton Mayor Paula Southgate just talking about some of the changes made to uh, the structure of our newly elected council. Some of the bigger challenges that they look uh, at facing over the next three years, most of that being around government reforms and our need to uh, improve our infrastructure. Um, some of the outcomes of the quality of life report which showed that we're feeling less safe uh, as a result of those sort of higher profile crimes that are happening uh, and what they are able to do about that and of course yeah, ways that we can feed into them to, for decision making to me is one of the uh, more interesting things that, to keep an eye out uh, over the next three years but again Hamilton Mayor Paula Southgate For more episodes use the accessmedia.nz app for iOS and Android devices or subscribe to this podcast via Spotify, iHeartRadio or Apple Podcasts. This free FM podcast was brought to you with support from New Zealand On Air.